you have your Bibles, <clears throat> go with me, if you will, to the gospel according to Matthew chapter number 9, verse 35, 36, and 37. But we're just going to preach on 35 and 36 as an introduction. I am not going to finish this. I need to say this for myself so I could chill. I'm not going to finish the sermon today. So um, make sure you all come next week as we close the introduction to a mini-series we're going to talk about. But I'm speaking on breaking the Galilean syndrome. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord, for the blessing you give us, Lord, to be here, Lord, to worship you, to praise you, to give of all we have unto you, Lord. For now, Lord, it is your desire to give unto us what you have in your heart for our hearts. So would you speak to us, Lord? Would you speak through me, God, but will you speak to your people? Father God, and as I preach your word, may your word change. May your word inspire. May your word encourage. May your word bring life. May your word give us perspective. So, Father, I turn to you. I can't do this without you, Lord. So use me once again, God, for your glory. And I will give you all of the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. What was Jesus doing? Going throughout every city, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel, and healing all people. 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. And 37 says, Then he said to his disciples, this is what I want to preach about next Sunday. The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Breaking the Galilean syndrome. One of the greatest things for me is to know that I am not the only one going through the problems by myself. But to know that someone else is going exactly 
through the same struggle I'm going through is an encouragement. Now, with this, I'm not saying I want other people to suffer like I suffer. But what I'm saying is, it's good to know I'm not the only one. There are times I go through heartache. I go through hurts. And in case you didn't know, pastors get hurt too. In case you don't know. Sometimes pastor wants to hit back too. <laughs> and when I am going through my moments of pain and hurt or struggles, despair, financial situations, etc. It's good to hear or know of others that has been through the same thing you've been through or I've been through. That's why when I am going through a situation in my life, I usually go to a bookstore that deals with what I'm dealing with because what that book tells me is that the person who wrote that book went through what I went through. So now what he went through encourages me while I'm going through what he went through. So thank God for people who struggle your struggle. Okay, it's a little lonely today. I feel like I'm in the wilderness, but we'll be all right. It's a good thing to know that you're not the only one in trouble. And as a pastor, I need to know that. And as a member, you need to know that. That your crisis is not unique to you. You're not the only one in this life that has been brokenhearted. You're not the only one that, have been, that has been talked about. You're not the only one that lost your job unjustly. unjustly. You're not the only one that got divorced. You're not the only one that got diagnosed with a disease. You are not the only one. And when you realize that, there's a sense of encouragement even in the midst of your debacle. There's a sense of encouragement even while you're crying your tears. You can say, I ain't the only one. Verse 36 allows me to see something about Jesus that I hadn't seen. And, 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 and let me tell you, and I've been reading this verse all of my life. But this verse jumped out at me this week. Because it starts out by saying, verse 36, and Jesus looked and saw, Jesus looked and saw. Is it the same thing? Looking at something is the same thing as seeing something. Jesus looked and look what he says and saw. 
Look what he sees. The multitude. No, that's not what it says. It says multitudes, plural. Jesus looked and he saw not the multitude. He saw multitudes. Now, what is a multitude? Please show the graph. A multitude means a disorganized or confused body of people. Let me explain that. When you look at that image, if you're a preacher, that excites you. Because when we look at that, what that tells us is success. Yet when Jesus saw that, he didn't see a multitude. He saw multitudes. Now, what does that mean, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Because there are multitudes, plural, in every multitude, singular. There are groups, plural, in every group. Let me explain. We are a group of people in this auditorium. But within the group, you have the Hercules group. Those guys, look at those guys. I'm like, God, Jesus. Why aren't you guys in my security team? <laughs> oh, they are. They are. Don't mess with me. <laughs> you, have this, you, have, you have groups within the groups, which is what we call cliques. So within the multitude that Jesus sees, he sees multitudes within the multitude. Let me submit to you this. That even in this group of believers, there are groups within themselves. So according to the text, there was more than one multitude. There were multitudes within the multitude and here's what's crazy. Everybody was messed up. Their lives were disorganized. They were living a mess. And if you read chapter 9 of Matthews from chapter 1 to verse 34, you're going to see the disorganization and the chaos that happened in that moment. But if you see that, what? how many of you guys have been watching the Facebook, YouTube videos they've been posting on Black Friday. You saw those black, you see all the multitudes in front of the store, and as soon as they opened the store, how, did, did you notice all those fights that broke out on Black Friday? There was a massive multitude there, but it was so chaotic that people went in shopping and they ended up with a black eye. 
They went in shopping, but because there was a disorganized chaos within the multitude, people got hurt, people got broken, people got beat up, people got locked up. Because there was a chaos in the multitude. And as a pastor sometimes, you know, I, I, I go through my moments. Because every pastor would wish that the church would be perfect. That they ain't got no problems in our church. I, you know, I, but let me tell you, in this group, we have, we have hardheads in this church. Please don't touch your neighbor. Please don't do that. Every church has a hardhead. Every church has a murmurer. You, you know, it's in every church. And if you say, well, I'm leaving this church because I'm going to another church because I want to find a church where there are no gossipers, well, you got a problem. Because as long as there's a multitude, there's going to be problems. And so, and so sometimes as a pastor, I'm like, God, please take him and please say, but let me tell you, I'm learning that God uses hard folk in my life to make me better. I'm learning that in my pastoral life, I need people that talk. I need people, and, 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 and trust me, nobody's doing it here. Right, Hercules guys? Nobody's doing it here. Everybody loves it. But what I'm saying is, in my pastor, I have to give myself room for those kinds of people because it is important that in every church, you need these types of groups. Why? Because if the church is composed of people that don't have issues, well, then there's no need for church. But the moment you realize that there are people in the church that got baggage and hurts and pain and struggle, and they're in them because at the end of the day, the multitudes are following Jesus, but they all got issues and they all got problems and they all got chaos. And sometimes I ask myself, Lord, will you please get rid of this person? Please take them back to their church. And, and Lord, I, you know, you know I, don't, I don't really need that person here. Lord, speak to them, Lord. But then I think about Jesus. Because Jesus is God. And in his multitude, he had a bunch of freaked out people. I'm talking, thank you, thank you, sir. It comforts me to know that Jesus having the multitudes that he had, he had a bunch of psychos following him. And if that was Christ, that two or three go crazy in the church, but well, praise the Lord. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. So when I read the scripture, I actually got excited that Jesus had bad people in his group. It excited me to say, well, if my Savior went through that, well, then I got to go through it too. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to thank God through the process. Now, how do we handle the mess in the clique? I told you, there was multitudes in the multitude. And the multitudes is what we call cliques. How do we handle the mess in the clique? Let me say this. There are people here at this moment right now in this hour, dragging baggages for years from the past. And many are in a clique. However, they're dysfunctional. 
And although they're following Jesus like the masses were following Jesus, they're following Jesus with a dysfunction. And we got to make sure we don't fall in the trap. We don't fall in the trap. I'm jumping down here. Up. We got to make sure that we don't fall in the trap of concluding that the success of a church is that. Because when Jesus, listen, Matthew chapter 9, Jesus had been preaching in Galilee for a year and a half. Bear in mind, Jesus' ministry is only three and a half years. So almost half of his ministry, he's here. And by the time he's about to finish preaching, when he finally, after he was doing and doing and doing, now he's finally looking at the results of all he did when he saw that. He didn't get hype. Oh, my God, yo, look at those people following us. Oh, my God, yeah, church is packed. Ah, that, that didn't hype you. When Jesus saw that, he didn't post church jam-packed today, PTL, LOL. He didn't do none of that. When Jesus saw the multitude, the Bible says he was overwhelmed with compassion. See, 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 in the church of today, when we see that, we feel we have a sense of success in us. Listen to me. God did not do this church to operate under that spirit because that's a spirit. The spirit that says, as long as I got a thousand people, it don't matter. I look good. I'm big. I'm No, no, that's not the spirit of this church. If the spirit of this church is that, but in that group, I got to see broken people, hurting people, people going through hell, marriages at the point of divorcing. When I, I can't just get high with the numbers. Look at, no, it's okay, it's protection. Look, look, look at the people. Look at the people. In that multitude, suppose that was Jesus' multitude. In that multitude, here are the multitudes that were in the multitude. Here are the cliques that were in the clique. Check this out. In that multitude, there were Pharisees. Now, who are Pharisees? Pharisees were those religious people who revered more patriarchs, which were the fathers of the faith, the Ten Commandments, which was the law, which was the prophets, major and minor prophets. And here comes Jesus with a message of salvation. And the Pharisees said, no, 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 no. Abraham is better, and the Ten Commandments are better, and the prophets are better. They were in the group of the multitude. Who else was in that group? The Sadducees. Who were the Sadducees? The Sadducees were a religious group of financially well-off people. These guys weren't broke. They were rich. Who made it their business 
to fund people who are against Jesus. And the Sadducees had a problem with Jesus because the Sadducees did not believe what Jesus believed. The Sadducees did not believe in resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees did not believe in life after death. And here comes Jesus talking about, I, my kingdom is not of this world. He is, Jesus is talking about, I'm going to die, raised on the third day. So now you have Pharisees who oppose Christ, Sadducees who oppose Christ. Here's another group. Scribes. Who are trying to catch Jesus, say a scripture out of context. The scribes was the one who, they knew the scripture, they knew the word. And you had scribes. But not only that, not only that. Then you had, this is in the multitude. You had advantageous people. That were with Jesus in the multitude just to get a piece of bread and fish. <laughs> then you had haters in the group. Then you had people who were really sick. Call her the woman of the issue of blood. Who was in that multitude. So to the common eye, looking at that, wow. But when the Bible says, when Jesus saw the cliques within the group, here's what he did. He had compassion. He didn't say, yes, church is packed. Yes, we did it. Yes, we're the biggest church in, in Galilee. Yes, we're made. No, 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 no. That was the history. When he saw that, he saw beyond the masses. He saw what the common eye can't see. And we got to be a church. Let me tell you, God prophesied to us when we started that we're going to be in a large church. He said it. And so we have to take that to account. And on any given Sunday, we average over 600 people every given Sunday between two services. To God be the glory. But that cannot be what determines a successful church. Because we can fall in the entrapment of being like everybody else. Talk about, yeah, I got 100 in the past. Pastor Gabby's church, my God, it's glowing, it's glowing by the hundreds. I don't care about that. Are we healing people? Are we restoring people? Are we blessing people? So after a year and a half of preaching, that's what Jesus saw. Masses. But when he saw them, he was broken. And he says, he lifted up his eyes. He looked and he saw. Look what he sees. He didn't see kings in the kingdom. I'm sorry, kings without thrones. He didn't see Politicians without a function in politics. That's not what he saw. What he saw was sheeps without a shepherd. Every one of those people Jesus saw, he saw them as a sheep. Now, sheeps have the potential to produce. They produce wool. There's so much potential in a sheep. And when Jesus saw the masses, he saw so much potential. And look what Jesus does. And I'm closing. Look what Jesus does. 
if Jesus would have been many of these leaders nowadays, this is what would have happened. <laughs> it's time to upgrade our profile. Let's go. Jesus said, there's a problem here. The Galilean syndrome is operating in this ministry. And I'll tell you, what the, the word Galilee means circuit. I'll explain that next Sunday. The Galilean spirit is operating here. And I don't want to be a leader. This is what Jesus is thinking. I don't want to be a leader who gives an impression that he's concerned of the masses. When he saw that, read chapter 10, verse 1 of Matthew. You know what he did after chapter 10? After this, verse 36, chapter 10 says, and then the Lord picked Peter, John, Matthew. Look what Jesus does. He focuses on picking disciples. No, Pat, no, no, no. Jesus, build a church. Pack up a cathedral. Jesus said, no, 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 and so he spent most of his ministry ministering to 12 men so that the hearts of the masses won't be wrong. So new birth, what am I trying to say? I'll, I'll, preach, it. I'll, I'll, I'll preach this next week. What am I trying to say? God is growing us as a church. This doesn't make, listen, this does not make sense, what God is doing in this church. But this is not the victory of the church. If we say this is the victory of us, we failed. Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. So this is not a Gabby thing, a new birth thing, a place of hope thing, hugging people thing. This is the fact that if we lift Jesus up, he's going to save people. The victory of our church, you know what it is? You know where it lies in? Discipleship. We can't get hype with this and lose focus of the purpose of this church. That's why doing what we're doing with the homeless, that's the purpose of the church. Feeding every first and third Monday of the month, that's the purpose of the church. But some of us, we get hype on, yeah, yeah, my, my church, Pastor Gabby, yo, he crazy. He be singing and preaching to me. Yo, I hope the whole community, we got 600 people. <laughs> More than you. No, no, whoa, time out. That can be the spirit of the church. We've got to have the capacity to see within the multitude, the multitudes. we got to have the capacity to see within the crowd, the problem. And how do we solve the problem in the church? How did, what was Jesus diagnosed to the masses? 
He said, I got one solution to that. And I'll preach about that next Sunday. Here's the solution. I need 12 disciples. Discipleship was the solution to the mass control. So church, what is the Lord telling us this morning? He's telling us that he has a plan for us. He's telling us that it's okay to come jacked up to the church. There's room for hurting and broken and, and distorted people and Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and hypocrites. There's room for all that. But, but, but we can't get hype on a packed church of broken people and not provide help to get them out of the mess they're in. So this will cause us all to change. So I, don't, I told God all the time, when I read the scripture and it, and it just jumped, I said, Lord, please let new birth not be that church. And you're going to make us great and you're going to make this church big and we're going to get to the thousands, I believe it. But we can't be a church like that. Can't. The heart's got to be right. The heart's got to be right. So that in the masses, in the masses, while Pharisees are talking about Jesus, in the masses, a woman touched Jesus and got healed. Then while the Pharisees and the scribes are looking how to catch Jesus off topic, bam, Jairus' daughter gets healed. See, while people were talking about Christ, some others were getting delivered by Christ. While some people were there to see how can I catch God, Jesus Christ, off guard while they were trying to catch him, there was another group that really were getting delivered. Now, Jesus didn't say, Jesus didn't say, well, well, you Pharisees and you scribes and you hypocrites, y'all go to hell and I'm going to stay with the woman who raised your blood who touched me. I'm going to stay with Jairus' daughter. No, no, no. He said, no, no, no. I love them all. Father, give us the eyes of Jesus. Give us the eyes of Jesus. Give us the heart of Jesus. That we can have compassion for the multitudes. And we can see them as sheep without a shepherd. In Jesus' name.